Every time I hear that intro, I feel like I need to be like waking up in the morning and like doing a little stretch. Like I woke up and I'm in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> Brittany Sloan, aka well no Brittany Williams, say, aka Brittany name. Sloan, Brittany Sloan Williams. Wow. Doing her thing. How's it going? What's what's up? It's good. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. So so are we starting out with a little acapella? Is that what you want to do? We're gonna do, do a acapella freestyle. Okay. Then what are we doing? I mean, you're gonna follow me, right? Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna just talk some stuff. All right, some like, poetry. Just a little bit. All right. You know. <clears throat> get a little snaps. <laughs> at the end. All right, I gotta get in the zone. Hold in on, you gotta zone. let me get in the zone. I mean, we can change the light okay. color too. And, are y'all going to do that for real? No, nah, we don't oh. have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, anyway. Um. <sighs> black lives matter. Mm. I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. Mm. Because black lives mattered when the boat pulled up and on targeted one race. Mm. Trying to fill their pockets and take out of ours. They killing us, man. Stop it. <laughs> they taking all of ours. I know that he probably think, why is she talking about this right now? But hey, I got to spit it, got to give it, got to give them bars and that heat for my people, for my community, because I got it like that with no beat. <laughs> I mean, okay, let me tame the topic, you know, talk about God. He's blessed me and it's stacking up. I get on my knees and I look up to the hills, which come with my help. Man, I just hope you know that this is heartfelt. And anybody listening who... You know, don't like racism. Anybody who's listening, who's against the system, I appreciate you for standing up. I appreciate you for putting the fist up. I appreciate you for hooking up and marching and protesting. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's how you're supposed to show it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And it's, it's heartfelt, okay? It's heartfelt. And if you hear it and if you've seen the killings, I hope that your heart felt. And that's it. I don't know if I can follow that. That's fire right there. Stop it! That was like spoken word. Let's just let's just let's just go into the episode from there because I think I think uh, you know that's kind of why we're here. But more than anything, we're just here to connect and have a conversation. Um, A little more background on our relationship for people that don't don't know. I am. Uh, you you have a son that is in the youth at our church, yes, and I'm his youth leader, yes, uh, and he's been ecstatic since <laughs> I picked him up a few times since <laughs> quarantine started yeah. or, or all that nonsense. And but uh, I guess you know, I just really want to first before we get into any like biblical topics or anything like that, just hear where your heart's coming from with all of this going on and like, you know, what, what is, how how is it impacting you personally? Um, it's kind of bittersweet because I'm kind of glad that what's happening is happening because what I haven't seen before is like this one voice of unity about the situation. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if it hadn't have happened, then, you know, the protesting or the people who are finally saying enough, they wouldn't be talking right now. Um, and I just feel like over the years, you kind of get numb to it and you see it once you've seen it a thousand times, but it's different now. Like, even though it's happened a thousand times, like something is different this time. Mm. And so I'm appreciative of like this, like finally, like 
people are like singing and people are finally saying something. So my prayer is that something changes, you know, in the future. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. So have personally in your life, like, has there been like accounts where you felt this like systemic, maybe racism from the system in general, like mm-hmm. not um, necessarily like people personally, but yeah, it, you know, you can touch on that too. But uh, for me, I, I feel like everybody's kind of yelling about this systematic mm-hmm. change, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for myself personally, I mean, I've said it before, but I feel kind of blessed. Like I honestly yeah. haven't dealt with like racism to my face, like so blatant and like so like arrogantly and boldly. Um, but just over the years, you kind of notice little comments that people make or mm. um, little subtle things and you see it or you hear it and it's just kind of like, oh, you know, that's just kind of how it is. Right. And you just accept it. And, you know, they didn't hang me in a tree or they didn't, you know, put a burning cross in my yard or they didn't, you know, follow me home with, you know, racial slurs. So, oh, you know, it's not really racism, but it's like in the back of your mind, you know, you were mistreated because of the color of your skin, Mm. but it's so subtle. Like it's, you know, some people may miss it, but you feel it right here. Like, man, like that really hurt the way that they treated me or what they said or, how I was overlooked or, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. And I I think I see a lot of the times it's like a lot of people, at least from what I've heard, because I've been, I'm the type of person where I'm going to look into every Mm -hmm. single subsect of the problem and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to hear everybody's point of view. And I want to take that in to kind of digest what I think. And what I hear a lot of times is like, well, uh, people are saying statistically, if you are a black American, you are more likely to commit crimes. And so that's why some people feel the unease. What what would you say to that? And like, is that something that you put into consideration yourself? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of on something you touched on earlier was like the systematic situation. Mm. And I just feel like when you're born into a situation, you're affected by your situation. And so if you're someone who's born in the projects or someone who's born in a certain lifestyle or you know, a generational situation, then yes, you're going to be more likely to be affected or be involved or be, you know, changed or, you know, touched by that situation. And just the fact of the matter is a lot of African-American or black or colored or people of color, that's where they're born is in that kind of environment. So it's like sink or swim. Like you're probably going to end up in a life of crime, but it would be so great if you can like rise above it and not, mm. you know, but it's like a roll of the dice. You don't know what you're going to get a lot of times. Um, so, I mean, I just kind of feel like that's kind of how it's been. Yeah. So as you have this like passionate kind of ruin it, that you, everybody sees there's at this point, right. Sees that there's something that needs to be changed. Like mm-hmm. personally for you, what is that change that you're kind of like, speaking up about is mm-hmm. it something more mm-hmm. systematic or is it also in the hearts of individuals i honestly feel like it's a combination of all yeah because me being a christian it's like you know only god can change like look at how pharaoh was with the children of like israel like he was just i'm not letting them go his heart was so hardened right and it was god that changed his heart and softened it and he finally was like okay go ahead and go mm-hmm. um even though he changed his mind afterwards but after a bunch of crazy right (laughs) (laughs) but that's only one part of it then at the same time you feel like change will happen if it starts in the home like if i teach my children that racism is bad you know if i teach them to love everybody then you know that will affect and that's true 
And then there's another part of it where it's political or, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to happen in the laws. And I feel like it's all a combination of everything. I feel like not one thing is going to change it. I feel like God is a God that can do anything, but at the same time, he gives us free will. So I feel mm-hmm. like God can do it. I feel like in the home it could happen. And I feel like also in politics it can happen. But who will step up and, and make those changes? Right. Like at the end of the day, it takes a person making the decision, making the steps, and moving forward with, what it needs to look like and you so just you, pray. Yeah. You mentioned the home and that's a topic that I told you earlier. I kind of wanted to get into You're a single mother mm-hmm. yourself. So I, I know this is something our, one of our pastors is super passionate about, but do you think part of this issue and, and ultimately I want to break into the issue of sin itself, mm-hmm. but single parent households, fatherlessness homes, you see that pretty often. Is, is that something that you're mindful of and you see? And like, what what has that been for you, like yeah. for you personally? Well, like I come from a family that had a lot of single mothers. Mm. <laughs> um, so honestly, I mean, the burden is on me that, you know, I've brought my son into the situation. So I take full responsibility. But as raising him, like I've realized that I want something different for him. So there definitely have been a lot of things I've had to do to try to ensure that he has some kind of a future in a world like a, that, you know, like we live in. And I've had to teach him certain things. And there has been instances where we've had to be around police or deal with police. Mm. And like, I get afraid, you know, in the back of my mind, my son is ADHD and yeah. borderline autistic. And it's like, it could go either way. And so I'm always grateful that anytime we've had to deal with, you know, police that, it hasn't gone that way. Praise be to God. But it's like you think about that. And as a single mom, like not having a father figure in the household, like I've learned that community is so important. Mm. I feel like that's something that has been, you know, a cliche. You know, it takes a village to raise a, a child and I can't do it alone. And like, you know, my church and like my family, and my friends, thank God they've been able to step up to really help me with my son. But there's no way that I could do it alone. There's no way that he can have a successful future if I literally was in this alone. Um, so I've brought my church in. I brought my family and my friends in. And I feel like that's made a difference mm. for me, for him and for his future mm. and for living in a world that like we live in. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely I've seen, you know, even knowing Chris for, you know, a certain amount of time, not not too long, but about a year or two. Um seen a shift in the way he's acted around me since then because there's a certain point where you have to be in someone's life Mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time for Mm -hmm. them to be comfortable Mm -hmm. receiving you know guidance and and stuff and for you you to really get to see the real them yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i mean how have you seen that affect chris personally and you know so my son's always had like developmental delays that's just kind of what i've dealt with since he you know started head start long long time ago but um, like one thing that I can say that he's matured so much, like mm. since he's been around you and like other youth that has been in our church because like they don't judge him. You know, he can yeah. be a little annoying sometimes, <laughs> but like I see like this, like this intentional like desire for the youth at the church to like really want to make Chris feel included and feel like loved and like one of the guys. And like he has made such a difference. Mm. Um but I also feel like, you know, with him being in life skills, thank God he's transitioning out. But with him being in life skills, pretty much since Head Start, he's been around children with disabilities all his life. Mm. And I feel like my son's kind of a pair, a little bit of a mirror. 
Yeah. And he didn't have anybody mature to really look up to, you know, so, or be around. So to, he starts kind of acting yeah, like every... Yeah, exactly. So I think that's another thing that's been a blessing about being, you know, him being in youth is that mm. he sees these mature young men who love God and he wants to be like that. And so he does what he can to like mimic that or to be that or, you know, to figure out, okay, this is what I've been doing. I want to do that now, mm. you know? So it's been like a game changer. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> well, it's kind of funny that like we didn't plan mm-hmm. for me to be his youth leader. It just kind of happened. And I mean, Daniel doesn't plan much, but <laughs> <laughs> shout, out to Daniel. shout out Dan. Um, but you know, I grew up in the disabilities community as well. Like I'm dyslexic and, and uh, I was around kids with all different types of um, disabilities and even being in college, like I'm, I'm registered with disability services yeah. and I get to be around, like well, I have a really good friend with cerebral palsy yeah. and I have a good blind friend yeah. and then uh, a plethora of dyslexic friends. And then uh, my family works with um, kids that have autism and down syndrome and stuff like that. And so I, I think one of the biggest things, and, and this is something I talked to my friend Sam with cerebral palsy about is, there is things that are so overlooked in the disability community Ooh. that are the biggest giftings like Come society on. has seen. And I think if we looked at them more like that and yeah. highlighted their giftings, and society could really benefit from some of these insights yeah. that kids have. I remember when I first met Chris, I didn't know exactly if he, what he was saying was true or, or not true, but he was talking about like, god lifting him up or something he was had this intricate story and i was like okay if this is a lie this kid is the best (laughs) storyteller i've ever met in my life and then on top of that is musical talent with the drums like he he goes in and and hops on the drums and then you have to like literally rip him off to make him go (laughs) home so there's just this this unseen thing that gets overshadowed with um, the, the negative attributes. And I think in a lot of, you know, parts of society that happens as well, you know, come on, yeah. preaching to the choir. <laughs> but yeah, no, like Chris, every time he talks about you, he feels like you are the coolest person. <laughs> and so that's one thing I also appreciate is because he can look at someone like mm-hmm. you and like you graduated from A&M, like you have a degree, you've had so many like successes and someone like him who you know, developmental delays, or you'll never get there. You'll never be able to succeed in this area. Mm. You'll never be able to accomplish or overcome certain obstacles. It's like he can, and it's like such a blessing that he's able to look upon people um, to just get that motivation. Like, even if he doesn't understand, like, the motivation, like, it's motivating him, and it's affecting how he moves on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And he doesn't even realize it's motivating him to be a better person. He just is living his day and wanting to be, like, his heroes, you know. So I'm just glad that those people that he look up to are people who, you know, aren't drug dealers or, you know, rap people, or whatever it is, whatever that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) not rap people. Christian rappers are okay. Exactly, Christian rappers are okay. (laughs) But, you know, anything that would, take him down a negative road like yeah. i'm glad that he's not looking at that and being like that's, yeah. that's what i'm gonna be like i like, actually have an incredible story from youth i think i told you about it um it was one of the kids his name is blink you can do it um his name give it to is, him god give it to him right now i don't know one um, of the one of the other kids um really sweet kid and um he like I, I don't know if I told him to do it or he just started helping him, 
but he started helping Chris read the verse. And we were all popcorning around, and we're going in a circle. And one, like, I would read, a, read like, three verses, mm-hmm. and then, the, you know, uh, the next person would read it. And then Chris was, it was Chris's turn, mm-hmm. and he started helping him word mm-hmm. for word of wow. this. And this is a white kid. Like, this yeah, is, yeah. like, I mean, there's no, like, kids <laughs> aren't. Like, that's the coolest thing. Like, kids are never racist. Right. Like, a lot of the time. They literally you know? have to be taught. You know, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, um, he's just taking him through one by one. And I'm, like, starting to think. I'm, like, dang, this verse is long. They literally finished the chapter. What? Yeah. Don't make me cry, He walked Bailey. them through the whole chapter. And I was, wow. like, dude, that was, the, like, such oh, a wow. touching moment to see that. Because... Like, Chris is not that great at reading, yeah, but, no. like, with the persistence, it was, yeah. like, and I think it meant a lot for him to yeah. finish the whole chapter. It was OMG. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Come on, whoever that kid was, God yeah. bless them. But, um, and so, so, as far as that um, being in effect, you know, it kind of transis- transitions us to the topic of there is a lot of violence going on there right now. There's a lot of destructive things as a black single mother mm-hmm. what, what can you comment on that what what you think is good about that what is not good about that and like how we can come to terms as a society and say okay like you know i, I don't even really yeah. know it's such yeah. a difficult situation especially with the cancel culture we yeah. live in where if you have one disagreement with a certain viewpoint Mm -hmm. it's instantly you suck you're this you're that and it's like categorizing people because it's easier for us to think about life in that way oh those people are racist anybody that supports trump racist it's like (laughs) how does that make any sense yeah yeah it's always us versus them yeah 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 Yeah. and that's just i i don't know there's there's something really it even feels demonic about that Mm this kind of wave of, of this kind of lawlessness and both on both sides, right? Like mm-hmm. murder is never okay. Mm-hmm. Like for cops or for people, but right. everybody's people, right. you know? And I think the problem is we have s- like this systemic militarization of mm-hmm. the police force. And then you have this like statistical probability because of, you know, where, you know, African-American men are raised mm-hmm. and women are raised and which causes you to get into drug crimes and, and all of these things. And so you have this kind of, you put on this suit mm-hmm. and you go out to work looking for, to meet this quota mm-hmm. of certain arrests, certain, you know, charges. And you're like, okay, you see over time, well, more black people are dealing drugs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be extra careful. And it may not even be a conscious thing all yeah. the time, but it's just this cluster of all this thing so but specifically commenting on like the riots going Mm -hmm. on right now what what how do you rationalize that in your mind what do you what Um, do you think i don't know like history was not my favorite topic (laughs) in school it really wasn't it but i just think over time that's always been a thing it's always been the outcry of the upset Mm. like to riot or to to protest in a manner that is either peaceful or violent you know no matter what the color you know white people have done it you know, um, Indians or like they all do it. And I mean, in the history books, like you have the Boston Tea Party. I mean, you have so many, yeah. like when you, when you want your voice to be heard, it's just happening in history. 
And I just kind of hate that the black community is doing it. And then it's like made to be this, this horrible, terrible thing when, you know, those before us, whether they were white or whatever, they've done it as well. And a lot of times they did it and they were able to get their point across and they were mm -hmm. able to make change happen. And so I feel like with the riots, like, I mean, yes, if you're loitering, you know, and just out there to still like, you know, fill your own pockets, it's like, they're just taking their opportunities. Yeah. Do you think that's a lot of it though? It's just like <laughs> you see, oh, it's okay for me to just do whatever I want right now. Yeah. Because it's like I'm seeing it happen all around yeah. the world. Like the whole Soli situation with the statue. Yeah. It's like yeah. got completely defaced. Yeah. And it's like that would not have happened if everything else isn't happening. And yeah. It's like that I, is true. I don't know. It definitely is a, a domino effect. Yeah. But I mean, but my hope is that people would just understand that we black people didn't create writing right and protesting it didn't, wasn't something that we thought of on our own um you know a lot of our forefathers they did it to get their point across and i just hope that in time that this is not something that will be our norm and that at one point changes will be made so that i wouldn't say that the the cry can be satisfied but so that people can stop being so angry mm. you know like being so mad like i'm mm. hoping that you know the I don't know, but I feel like the only way that it will stop is if there is some change. Mm. Um, I, for one, I am actually like on board with anybody who wants to stand and refuse to sit on the matter. Um, how you go about it, you know, I would prefer it be peaceful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sometimes you have to be loud to be heard. Like sometimes you got to make a little bit of ruckus. And so I just pray like safety and like just, you know, protection over it both sides whether it's you know the military or the police or the people who are you know they they know that they're standing for something and it's like you know just like in every culture and that's the thing it's like in the black people culture you know colored people african-american we all got people that disappoint us you know in the white community you all got people that disappoint you and so i guess in mm. in my in my case is you have people out there protesting and marching and there will just be some that disappoint you, but like, don't let it make you look away from what the real issue is mm. and what this is all about. And it's all about ending the killings of innocent people, no matter mm. what the color, that is the thing is like, it's happened yeah. over and over again. People do it, they get away with it. And it's like, I can do it again. Right. You go to another state and it's happening. It's because it's like, I've gotten away with it. They get away with it. Mm. We can just keep doing it with no repercussions. I may get a slap on my wrist. But it's like at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's mm. the killing of innocent people, no matter what color. The fact of the matter is a lot of it that's being filmed is of black people being killed or it's in the news. It's all over the place right now. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think any any family, no matter what the color, would want that to happen to them Yeah. or a family member. Nobody will want that to happen to them. So it's like, let's focus on that. Like, that's the reason why that they're mm. upset. That's the reason why they're mad. And there will be some out there that would disappoint us. I would take that and still want yeah. them to stand. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's why we titled this conversation is racism the issue. Cause where I'm trying to land is like, I know I love all cultures. I, I grew up with like full black family, <laughs> full Mexican family, like actively yeah. spending weeks with them yeah. in different environments, aunts, uncles, cousins, yeah. grandmas, like on both mexican and black families like i'm very can i say privileged to be able to have yeah. spent time in there isn't that yeah. a weird thing to say i'm privileged wow. to be able to have spent time with full black families yeah. and full mexican families yeah. like yeah. that is a 
privilege of my childhood yeah, because yeah. I'm able to understand the different cultures better. And I, I gained so much uh, just different skills and stuff. Like I learned how to dance <laughs> because I spent time with black family. Like, you that's, haven't proven that to me yet. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Bailey, I think we need to see this dance. This <laughs> dancing. Uh, yeah. My, my friend Nate, my friend Kyler. Uh, yeah, we just would dance, all their yeah. cousins and stuff. And I was the white kid, so I wasn't good at dancing at the time, especially yeah. when I was younger. But over time, you started to be around it more. You learn. And so I would do little jokes. Like, we used to wear these, like, baggy cargo shorts. Oh, my god! Like, in sixth grade yeah. and stuff. That was the big thing. Cargo shorts, plaid, striped shirts. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> like, beats around your neck. The worst freaking thing <sighs> ever. But, um I remember we this stanky leg was like a big <laughs> dance, and I was like, "Oh, I can do this one, this one, <laughs> this one." I got and and I like, I wasn't as good at it, so I was like, "Okay, what can I do to kind of like stand out a little bit?" And like, you know, uh, Kyler's cousins Pete and Jock were there, and I'm like, "Okay, my my shorts are a little loose, so it just by the end of the song, my pants will just fall." <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but it made everybody laugh, and it you know I don't know it's just I always fit into yeah. the different cultures really well because I was like, dang, white families are boring, <laughs> like you know, like dang, I never knew this was yeah. like the case, and yeah. and you know for one I think there's in in or invaluable in that's I don't a know, word invaluable yeah. like trait or like mm-hmm. un you can't put a price on it yeah. how important. It yeah, that's the right word. To invaluable. invaluable. Yeah. How invaluable it is to um, experience other cultures mm-hmm. and like really like have friends in all yeah. other cultures. But not only just have friends because you can still be in a different culture with someone that's mm-hmm. a, of a, another ethnicity. But actually getting into that culture. And that's one of the biggest things about traveling to different areas, especially yeah. overseas you realize, oh, man, we don't have it so bad in America, and specifically Texas. Yeah. Because I came back from the Philippines where, you know, people, people, you know, expand just like here, but you can't move and make more suburbs. You hit the ocean. Wow. And so everybody just gets stacks on top of each other, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so thankful for open air and open Mm -hmm. space. Um. And so, so what we're looking at here is, okay, is this a race issue? And where I'm landing, and, and it's, I wanted to, and I always want to um, uh, uh, express or, or acknowledge the emotions that, like, the African American and the black community are feeling because it's important, mm-hmm. and it's real, and it's true. Mm-hmm. So there is racial issues that have caused but i don't like where i've landed so far is i don't know if it's specifically racism in the hearts of many people mm-hmm. and I, I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong but i think it's a sin issue mm-hmm. i think it's this without god we don't have morality yeah we don't have subjective yeah. morality and 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 this happens with with black people as mm-hmm. well they they don't believe in god but then somehow they expect to have subjective morality that yeah. someone should treat them a certain way mm-hmm. for their skin color, like mm-hmm. or should treat them the same. Mm-hmm. And that is an objective moral standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's a confusing topic because a lot of people don't really get, okay, why 
does there need to be a God for there to be an objective moral standard? Well, it's because if everything's random, then people come up with their own moral standard. And and that and, gets pretty dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what's so dangerous about this time we're living in. We're like, okay, we don't like something going on. So, and, and not to say, like, uh, I agree 100%, like, now we're having this conversation. Now we're talking about these things. And so God can make good come out of anything. Mm-hmm. And he takes stuff that's bad because we're not getting into heaven on our own. Right. Like, we're not going to inherit eternal life on our own. Right. Like none of us, yeah. like no matter how good you are, you know, no, ha- no matter how many people you haven't beaten up or no matter, no matter what, you're, you're just not good enough. And, and that's, you know, I saw this thing recently and I, I think this, this is what I d- want to get away from mm-hmm. is I don't want people to turn on people. Mm-hmm. I want us to turn on the enemy. Mm. And recognize what the real hidden enemy. You know, yeah. they're talking during this Corona stuff about the hidden enemy. Oh, we got a hidden enemy. We're all we're all bound together because we're all together because we got the a hidden enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a vi- you're telling me the vi- we've been talking about a hidden enemy for thousands of years. Yeah. This is not a virus. <laughs> the hidden enemy is not the <laughs> virus. It's it's a dark principality yeah. that wants us to die. Yeah. And Come it's on. like, okay, we need to recognize that first. Okay, what what is the heart cry? People, they're missing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're missing something here. They're not. They're angry because they're letting things live in them. They're letting this anger, which is mm-hmm. a parasite, live in them. So, you know, I don't. I want to be able to explore a yeah. topic. And this is a lot of times where you can't do, mm-hmm. like on a, you know, ten or five minute news segment yeah. and get anything. It's like. Oh, soundbite, soundbite, soundbite. But I want to be able to have this conversation without one person getting mad. And that's why you're the perfect person to talk about this. I'll punch you. Well, I know that. (laughs) I'll punch you back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just playing too. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like, is this uh, is this a racial issue? And like, if there is aspects that are racist, what are those? And what are the other problems? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I mean, I think what you said kind of really hit the nail, like the hammer on the nail, like the secret enemy. I mean, we, we both know that the enemy's job is to steal, kill and destroy Mm. and that he uses, you know, certain tools and obstacles to, you know, finish his work. And I feel like we also need to remember that it has a name. Like, yes, it's, you know, Satan, the devil, the enemy. But he uses tools and it's like we got to call those things out. Mm. And I feel like one of the things that he is using and he has been using, this isn't something that's brand new. Um, I mean, even in the, you know, in the Bible, there's stories of injustices or people being doing wrong because of where they're from. And so it's like he's been using racism for a long time. He's been using Mm. division for a long time. He's been using hate for a long time. And so. Is our main problem right now, like, the one thing we can point to, racism? No, but he is using racism right now, and he has been for a Mm -hmm. long time. Um, And also what you said is, like, the heart. And, you know, with, you know, people who may not be followers of Christ or who may not believe that, you know, there is one true God or, you know, who may not follow the Bible, who may feel that there are wrong things done by them and that they should be, you know, done correctly, 
I mean, I know a lot of people who are of a lot of races who don't follow God, but have the same idea that, you know, I'm such and such and I am who I am and I should be treated a certain way. Like, I feel like every human being wants to be treated a certain way. I feel like, you know, I think about a lot of this have made me think about when I was younger. Mm. Um, It's so weird that, you know, what has happened has thought made me think back to when I was in middle school Mm. and how, you know, my biggest worry was for people to like me. You know, my biggest worry was for me to like fit in, you know, nothing to do with race, but like, you know, the jocks and the cheerleaders and, you know, like, you know, and let somebody like say a mean thing. Like it broke my world. Like Mm. if someone didn't like me or if, you know, somebody said something mean or if a boy didn't like me. And I feel like that's something so small, but I feel like every human being has that inside them, no matter what age. Like we all want to be loved. We all want to be treated fairly. We all want to feel like we're worthy. And I feel like as soon as people begin to like (laughs) in their heart, look at someone and feel like they're not just because of the color of their skin or where they come from or because they have a different background, like it's all wrong. Mm. But as we can see, there's been, several levels of that where like i said before i've had people be you know racist towards me but it was subtle yeah it was something so sneaky and just Mm. something that was said and then you have it all the way to people who were being lynched i mean there's levels to to the hate you know there's levels yeah and i definitely feel like we got to put a name to it in that you know it is racism it's a lot of things but you know i don't want to take away the thought the thought that it's not racism yeah like i don't but it's so many things and the enemy is using literally all the tools that he can like he's not holding back any punches he's not you know hiding any rocks like he is like throwing and like what yeah. you know like and so it's like it, it's so many things it's not just racism but it's definitely one of his tools mm-hmm. that he's using yeah it's almost so, like oh. he's running out of time man um, <laughs> so what would you say is our response to it what should we be doing in response to this racism and all this hatred that the devil is throwing at us? Um, goodness, that's such a good question. And I really wish I had the answer for it. <sighs> um, I mean, if I had to look back on some of our past leaders, you know, who are no longer with us, like you look at Martin Luther King Jr. and you look at Malcolm X, and I feel like they both had very amazing ideas of how to persevere and how to, um, you know, move past a lot of the things that they did overcome back then. Um, still have a long way to go but you know with Martin Luther King like he was all about peace like you can't fight hate with hate and I feel like God is such an amazing God and he's a tailor-made God Mm -hmm. and I feel like me personally God knows exactly how to deal with me he knows how to approach me he knows um, how to get me to see certain things or you know if my heart's not in a certain place he knows how to do it and I feel like on an individual basis, I mean, you kind of have to think about it. It's just a person by a person. And, mm. you know, some people were able to prosper because of the teachings of, my, of uh, I almost said Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> of Martin Luther King Jr. Like some What's people. Name? All the black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people in our community were able to take that and like move forward and really create change in themselves and their families. And then, you know, in turn yeah. in their communities. Some people were able to listen to Malcolm X and they may not have used all, you know, of, you know, his rationality, but somebody, they got changed from that. They saw that and they would say, you know what? I want to make a difference in my community. A lot of the ideas of how to, how to persevere, how to overcome or how to change racism, like 
I don't think there's one thing, but I definitely yeah. feel like if everybody is talking, it's going to touch somebody. You know what I mean? At that point, all we had was Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. And thankfully, they touched a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. And I, I, I want to touch on two different things you said. First, the most recent is the conversation. Mm-hmm. We need to have conversations. Mm-hmm. You don't see that happening Mm-mm. because shut down culture mm-hmm. and it's the mediums in which we're having this conversation through because most people aren't on a microphone talking like yeah. this having this back and forth because think about how many pages of dialogue on facebook would Oof. be needed Lord. for to even explain what we said and even then we'd be lost in context yeah. and translation because you know you don't have voice fluctuations mm-hmm. and like you know, there's a, probably a ton of stuff we said here that if it was in text form, oh, yeah. people would get mad at yeah, us or something like that. Yeah, you're so right. Um, but I want to touch on something you said. You were Back when you were in middle school, you said you, you cared about what people thought about you and mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. or said to you. And, mm-hmm. and they could say one thing and it would just crush you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that has been so devalued in this society and something I've had to be very mindful, you know, hosting a podcast is... <laughs> The power of life and death is found mm-hmm. within your words, within the tongue. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, that that's not just it's not just an old book yeah. that is saying that for like to to give you some guidelines on how you should live life. Well, no, it's saying the power of life and death is within the tongue. Yeah. Like you can speak death over someone. Mm-hmm. You can speak life over someone. And these days, it's, like, so devalued that it even has power. And everything we say has power. There's just shifts that happen in the universe whenever we speak. Um, And and that's something that I, you know, I think as Christians, I don't even, I don't do enough myself. But is speak, speak against what's going on. Like, speak against it in prayer. Like, yeah. God deposits his power within us so that we may yeah. measure it out to yeah. things that we think ha- are injustice. Yeah. And we, we think in our head nowadays, because we're so secular in these, in these times, is, oh, well, you're just, you're just saying words, and that's not doing something. you got to do it. But what, the, what Jesus has been telling you the whole time is, like, have faith. Come on. Through faith, these things change. Yeah. Through faith. Yeah. And it's like, okay, do we actually believe what is in the Bible is true. Come on. And if that's what we believe and what we're saying we believe in, then we actually believe that if we say words Come and proclaim on. things and pray, yeah. things will change. Yeah. Do we actually be- believe that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're, we're Are saying Are we that actually praying unceasingly? Yeah. Wow. I definitely agree. I think that that is honestly the job and the commission of the church, not only just like spreading the gospel, but like you have to pray without ceasing. And I honestly can admit that I have not done all that I can do. And I haven't prayed like I should be praying on the matter. But if only we all could be on one accord, like if we all could really just begin to pray and like speak, I feel like that could be one of the biggest like, Mm. like releases that like could really happen. Like I feel like a lot of people have been talking, oh, like revival, revival. And I mean, that's all great. But I really feel like what the release really is going to come out of is like collective, Mm. like one mind, one heart prayer. Like truly, yeah, like true, you know, COVID-19, but gathering, nah, yes, we're nah, going to gather. We're shutting down COVID. <laughs> if, if we're talking about cancel culture, I'm canceling COVID. It's, uh, Lord, it's over. Ugh. 
I mean, you know, we said this before. Apparently, protesting cures COVID. <laughs> so either apparently. we've been lied to or that's the cure right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and that's that's the thing. It's like, pff, we're getting so much thrown at us these yeah. days. Oof. And we're looking at everybody else for the answer. But we very s- slim, you know, and I, you know, this actually COVID was one of the best things for me personally. Testimony. Because I got into the word, mm-hmm. I got into the word, I spent time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I just knew it got, God made it very clear for me in the beginning that you're either going to look back at this time mm-hmm. and really be thankful for the like deposit you made mm-hmm. in me, mm-hmm. or you're going to look back at it and say, dang, where'd, where'd that time go now? Yeah. Everything's Ooh. back to normal. Everything's ramping up and I don't have time again. It's like, yeah. And, and, and so, and I really felt the fruit of that. And it's like, I, I deleted my Instagrams. I, I got off most social media and I stopped looking at what everybody else was Come saying on. and doing. And I started looking at what Jesus said and did yeah. Yeah. and what he's still saying, what he, what he's yet to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like where I'm like landing most of the time here. And I know Caleb was like, don't always talk about the end of the age, but it, with COVID and this and that and this and social media and, and nukes and whatever whatever else seems to be getting pretty close. Yeah, it's right there in <laughs> Revelations. Yeah. If you read it, it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, no. I definitely agree. And, like, honestly, I, the same kind of with me. Like, I definitely feel like COVID and everything that's been happening um, with, like, the quarantine and, <laughs> like, the distancing like it has been a blessing like yeah. i feel like you really find out who you are like one of the things of like when no one's watching like what mm, are you truly doing yeah and so like i've been really appreciative and i just came out of ads mm. right before yeah. kind of like every well towards the and end y'all had y'all's yeah. graduation so i don't know i felt like any ads stands for antioch discipleship school for yes. those who don't know and i totally felt like it was perfect for me because i honestly thought about doing ads for this the uh, fall semester i was like no i'm like I, you know, applied at the end of right. last year and I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do it in spring. I'm going to wait and do it in the fall. And like, I'm so glad that like those around me and like even God like pressed, like pushed me to like do it in the spring. Yeah. Cause I felt like it was the perfect time to like have that mindset and be like positioned like heart wise and like eyes wise. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's so easy. And like the same with me, like I just started back Facebook only because of my little side hustle, <laughs> but social media it's so annoying sometimes. And I remember someone had asked me about what I thought about the Ahmad situation. And I remember after the conversation I got in my car, I was like, oh, Lord, did I say the right thing? But social media, I mean, not to try to quote Donald Trump, but like fake news, like a lot of it. And so it's like you see all this stuff on your computer, on your phone, and like eye gates, heart yeah. gate, like you automatically yeah. take it in. And depending on where you are at that moment, you can literally take it all in as truth or all is like false. And I just feel like sometimes in the news, you don't know if what you're seeing is true or false. And so then your your what's what I'm looking for? Like not a really affected, but like what's what I'm looking for? Like you then like your next action steps are based off what you just saw, mm. like how you feel. Like it impacts your worldview. Yes. And so like when the whole Ahmad situation happened and I saw the video, like, was it horrible? Yes. Like, did it make me mad just to see like what happened? Yes. But then I was like, but I don't know the whole story. 
Like, yeah. I don't really know what happened. Like, yeah. I see this video. I see this man being shot. But looking at that, those few moments did not tell me the entire story. And so how do I be swayed? Like, should I be swayed? Should I not be swayed? Like, it gets so confusing sometimes. So I remember telling that to somebody that was Caucasian that asked me about it. And I got in my car. I was like, oh, my God, did I say the right thing? Like, did I say the wrong thing? Should I just blah, 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 blah. Mm. But social media, it's just... I feel like what you're saying is like t- so honest. Like, we as a Christian, you have to like keep your eyes on God. Like, you have to be ready to hear His voice. You have to be ready to do what He says, because only He will be able to like direct you on like how you should move on a certain situation, whether it's racism or you know finances or you know systematic injustice, whatever it may be. Um, you know where to work. You know how, how to invest. Like. You have to look to God because only he will be able to tell you and unction in you like what to really do. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times, even when he tells you things, it could be the, some of the craziest stuff in the world. You can have someone, you know, who's African-American and they may go to God and God may tell them, don't say anything. Mm. Don't say anything right now. And you have to obey. Yeah. You know, even if you want to say something so mm. bad. Like, so I feel like uh, the way seems right to a man on. that leads to destruction. Come on. And then I, I guarantee you, every time he shows you why he gave you that instruction. So I just feel like as a people, we just have to hear his voice and figure out what to do. Do we speak? Do we not speak? Do we protest? Do we not protest? Mm. You know, as an individual, am I yeah. supposed to be there? Am I supposed to be in that situation at that given time? And I, we don't look to social media. You have to keep your eyes to the hills, which come your help. Like he as a Christian, that's who we—that's who our leader is. That's who yeah. our shepherd is. And mm. our, as sheep, we have to hear his voice. Mm. And in turn, I feel like that also changes so many. Like, it shifts so many situations. It changes cultures. It changes injustices. It changes entire governments. I feel like when you do that, it's all in God's time. It's his plan. Yeah. Like, we just have to be positioned to be available to do what he says. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to be a, a broken record for the rest of this podcast history on this <laughs> subject but and we need to look to the scriptures to see what will happen yeah because if we don't know what will happen and, and we're so scared we're so fearful of getting in like you said into the the book of revelation but i'm talking more specifically i mean there's a ton of prophetic books but yes. but i've been going through the book of daniel and i would yeah. recommend Ooh. to anybody to download the fai app the frontier alliance international Go through these studies. It will, it will help your perspective on all of this stuff going mm-hmm. on. Um, but because if we don't know where we're going, mm-hmm. how are we going to be prepared to go mm-hmm. there? Like, so how true. are we going to know? Like, we need to know what what has God said that is going to take place mm-hmm. and in what steps is it going to take place and mm-hmm. when is it going to take place? Not the exact date, but he does say to look for the mm-hmm. signs, to see the the changing of the season yeah it's like if we don't know that how are we prepared to fight against the lies and the Mm. deception Mm. like if we know where the end goal is we see the the whole story in our hands then we can say okay i know if it's off that path then it's deception it's false and the thing about the enemy he does not care Mm -mm. if you're a slight little bit off the truth because it's still yeah. A lie. Yeah. Just a so little true. bit off the truth. Like, and, and uh, on our last podcast, it was like David was saying, uh, he's always heard this 
um, saying the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And it's like so many times we want to take these things in our own hands. And, you know, maybe there's a, a time for that. I, I feel it all the time. I'm like, I see what's happening with social media. Like, if we were back in the original Facebook days where it was only your friends, Come on. you saw pictures, you got the like and yeah. comment, I would love that. Yeah, me Like, too. just friends. But now you see everybody's stuff, and there's algorithms that determine yeah. what you see. Mm-hmm. And now the company is like, oh, they're up here at the top. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, what do we want them to see? Oh, okay, we'll put a little bit of that. Yeah. And it's in their agenda to make Mm -hmm. us more fearful to Mm -hmm. do these do these things and it really the more i look at it and this is what i get amped up about i'm like we need to do something about this but then i talk to wise leaders in the church and different people they're like hey like you know so what you know all that about Mm -hmm. the global elitists and what's like happening behind closed doors and how there's agendas to create more division Mm -hmm. and stuff like that what are you going to do about it personally Mm -hmm. and all I can think of is to pray, hope, gather yeah. with my people, love people, yeah. and then have conversations like this. And, yeah. and um, yeah, because I, I don't want to get too conspiratorial with this podcast, but when you look at like where the financial interests are and everything, mm-hmm. it becomes very clear mm-hmm. what's happening. But many times it's like, that is not the popular opinion. Right. And nowadays it's so weird. It's like, if you don't have the popular opinion, mm-hmm. then your mm-hmm. your life's over. We're mm-hmm. gonna cancel you. Right, blacklist like, you, what? everything. Yeah, yeah. So if there is any kind of kind of closing thing that you'd really want people to know, mm-hmm. um, you know about you know kind of closing out this conversation, but just you know maybe about the issues or maybe just about life in general. Mm-hmm. Like, what would that be if you had to wrap up some kind of not really war cry, but maybe like Christian war cry? Like, what what do we need to be chasing after in these times? What would you need to be like looking at? What is the you know, there's there's just there's something missing in so many people's yeah. hearts. And like we need to give people hope and direction. And it's like what well, you know, what would that direction be for you? in these times oh lord <laughs> i would love to like just meditate on that question yeah but i think just kind of like off the off the rip like i think one of my biggest prayers for myself has been like like god i just want a heart like yours mm. like i don't have all the answers i don't know everything i'm not an expert in everything i haven't experienced everything i i'm just like measly human you know like <laughs> So, like, my prayer has been just give me a heart like yours. Like, give me eyes like yours. I want to see how Mm. you see. I want to love how you love. I want to have a heart how you have a heart. And, like, I just feel like waking up that way and going to sleep that way, like, I can't go wrong. Like, with no matter who I deal with on a day-to-day basis, no matter, you know, how I do my job or, you know, how I attend church or how I mother, how I'm a family member, like, I feel like at the center of all that, I just want to, like, have God's heart. Mm. Um, when I see other people, when I interact with other people, I mean, a lot of people know my personality by itself is very extroverted and I'm a people person, but even if I didn't have any of that, like I just want like God's glory to just be through my life and to affect people. I want his glory to affect people, not Mm. my personality, not what I think about things, not my opinions, but like his glory through my life. Mm. So I, I think that would probably be like my prayer for like, 
my brothers and sisters of every race who like truly are believers that that would be their prayer like mm. i want your glory to to like just flow out of my life mm-hmm. and to aff- i want that to affect people yeah i love that and when when whenever i it just made me think of when we first gathered again and all this was going on at at the church um and, and you were up on stage just praying <laughs> for everybody it wasn't like a stick it to them prayer <laughs> it was like a cry for god yeah. it's a cry for like god's help to guide us and like we're so confused yeah. you know Ooh, facts and so i just wanted to commend you on that prayer for general because i know god heard that one oh, hey, he hears them all you. but like really yeah. like that was you know it was so um spirit filled wow. and, and, and especially in the context in which you come from it's like it was just on point wow. like i needed to hear that so <sighs> but no bailey thank you i mean i know we're closing but <laughs> yeah. thank you so much bailey like i don't I, <laughs> I probably tell you this all the time but i can never ever thank you for like the impact that you've had on my son mm. and like just how you carry yourself like you're such an amazing young man and i know you're gonna do amazing things with your life and you've already done so much um and that i know that god will be with you every step of the way like don't give up and like don't ever lose hope and like don't ever stop mm. like you got momentum like keep it up man for real for real like you're gonna affect so many people's lives in such an amazing godly way so like i just want to mm. encourage you to just keep doing that man mm. thank you for that yeah. and i just i want to give people a voice mm-hmm. you know i want to give people opportunity or and just have conversations and keep an open mind about a lot of stuff be st- be set in the ideas mm. in which I know I need to be set in, yeah. which are everything in the book of life is what leads to life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and that's where I'm set in. That I is like my that. foundation, my firm foundation, my yeah. rock. Everything other than that is open to interpretation. It's yeah. open to sway. It's like, you know, if I say one thing in this podcast, don't clip that out because by the end right. I can believe something completely different. Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> And it's like, I don't have all the answers and his ways are above our mm. ways. His thoughts are above yeah. our thoughts. It's like he is on a million different dimensional planes. You know, he's got this in control. Mm-hmm. Like we don't ever have to worry about God not knowing what he's doing. Come on. We need to align ourselves with what he's doing yeah. and ask him not, hey, God, I'm going to do this, and yeah, that seems pretty godly, and so I'm going to give you this gift. He's like, no, that's not what I'm asking for. It's like we need to be asking, hey, God, how can I join in to what you're doing, what your plan is, because I know you made me to fit in there in a specific way, and if I just keep trying every single spot, it's going to take forever. Disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. Yeah, and and that's the, the heart position I come from is like, you know, it, you just have to actually love mm. like come on i think that's where it comes from it's it, it's i remember and it's a blessing from god so i'm not taking credit for any of this because i remember having that heart as a kid mm-hmm. being curious as a kid mm-hmm. like looking around at stuff i'm like how does that work oh that's really cool like i just thought everything was the coolest <laughs> like i was like oh this is amazing the sun the so moon, the stars. would you say that you were created curious caleb what would I do without you? This must be inside What joke. would I do without this must you? Be inside <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What would I do without you? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
but yeah, it's just, so uh, funny. yeah, I mean, uh, I just remember God creating me with this, this heart and in a certain way with curiosity, with, you know, different insight than other people. And I'm like, at this point in my life, even recently with everything going on, I'm like, I need to get on here. We need to get together with the people I love. Mm-hmm. When you start talking, when you start having conversations, when you like even show people like how to have a conversation, because it's not Twitter fingers, you <laughs> oh, know, no. like it's actually sitting down with someone yeah. and like I care more about like I don't I honestly like love you guys all that's listening, but I care about her way more right oh. now because she's right here in front of me. We're talking like yeah. I care about this conversation because yeah. I want to learn from you yeah. and uh and one one of my um, uh, disciples, uh, he told me yes yesterday, and we met up um, before this, which is kind of timely. And we we're talking about basically some like I, I was just breaking down to him these like I, I've, I study a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and breaking down these systematic issues and you know privatized prisons and and the war on drugs and 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 incentivized one parent households and all of this stuff that plays into this big complex mm-hmm. issue. Um, and, and he told me, he's like, yeah, but you like what we really need to do right now is love people mm-hmm. and appeal to what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do with this conversation is not try to break down all the aspects that play into this issue. Cause there's, there's so many, a million, but yeah. like talk to you, see where you're at and, and see how we can like align mm-hmm. with scripture and say, okay, let's like, let's just talk. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. even if we don't figure it out because we're never called to really figure it out we're just going to have a conversation and try to lead people to a place where they can have these conversations too. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So, Amen. Thank you for, uh, for saying all that. And I, I mean, I've been blessed by being in Chris's life too. So Aww, thank yeah. You. <laughs> God bless you, man. But, uh, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Caleb for rock and rolling and bringing <laughs> in your awkward humor as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And we will see you guys later. Cue the music, Caleb. (laughs) See you guys. Hey, guys, if you are listening on the audio right now, please go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You will get all of the podcasts there instantly. So we live stream on the YouTube. And if you want to get the episodes as soon as possible go over to created curious with bailey mullins on youtube and you'll have everything right there you can also interact with us live during the show and comment a lot of times we read those comments and we add that into the discussion so thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you all have a great day